To be that is the question. I think therefore I am a legend. It's 24-7. Hi, Michael. Getting that level. Getting them levels though. Are you feeling level today? Yes. I mean moderately. I'm a little depressed because of the weather, but how are you? Is this positive and negative? Yes, this is I just I just did your intro for you. Because I'm a real radio professional. I would like to point out that this is a podcast, not a radio station. It's the same difference. Yep. Welcome back to Positive and Negative. Welcome back to Positive and Negative. I'm Tristan Miller. We're already doing these characters. Yep. It's great to be back. It's so good to be doing this. is like the trip. Yeah, has anybody seen the trip with Steve Coogan and his British actor friend whose name I can't remember where they do the dueling Michael Caines? This yeah. is not Christopher Walken anymore. It's become something else. Yeah, I don't have no idea. It's metamorphosed into some other landscape, <laughs> some other territory. It's transmuted into some bizarre, almost Cosby-esque sort of... <laughs> Let's talk about how we think about our celebrities as being one thing and they are actually fully realized human beings with inner demons just like us as spirit people. They over your, over your country pops. <laughs> I almost—I thought Yellow. you said Yoko Ono for a second. I was like, "What did she do?" Oh, oh you're, you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out. Her husband, John Lennon, uh, domestically abusive, yeah, heroin addict. Yeah, that that tracks. You know what I mean? Alcoholic, various things, tortured guy. Good thing he got shot and was martyred. <laughs> Good for you, John Lennon. That's so dark. I'm pretty dark, guys. You get ready. It's, this is gonna this is gonna be a heavy one. <laughs> What, Hi, what will I reveal on this public forum? Ooh, ooh. So, like, well, this isn't WTF. I'm not going to apologize, and you don't have to reveal anything. Are so. we good? Yeah, we're good. We're not. Actually. No, no. I'm, I no. came here to tell you we're not. We're not good. Yeah, oh, you don't, you don't have me thing? on sooner. You don't hang. We haven't hung out. You just like. <laughs> You just need to use me for your podcast. You Yo, man, because you've gone through the rest of the cast of the Tempest, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Actually. No. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs> A Cameron actually texted me like a couple of days ago. I was like, "Hey, can I be on?" I was like, "Yes, absolutely." I just was getting to you eventually. I'm sure you were. So anyway, yeah. positive and negative. You yes. Have, do you have a format? Uh, well, the format is, "Hi, how are you? How are you doing?" Uh, I'm good today. Today you you're know, good. I was uh, I was a little depressed this morning. Uh huh. Because you woke up because and I just woke up and it I was, was alive. alive. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> no. Um, no, actually, because um, so my girlfriend lives not very far from here. Okay, and uh, I thought that she would be around today, mm-hmm. but then last night she got called into work, and oh. like she's a I don't know, I don't want to talk too much about her job, but like mm-hmm. she has a a job where like sometimes she has to go out of town randomly. Yeah, and so uh, she wasn't around today for us to have like sex in the middle of the day like, that had <laughs> that been my plan <laughs> this would have been a very different podcast that i think about it this could have been a you whole different been, dynamic you would have been like i would have been glowing yep. i would have glowed you would have been like you would have listened to my voice and be like wow i can't see him but that man is glowing Wait, yeah. <laughs> like, that man has a glow that i like can't comprehend yeah. what's funny though so i was feeling that i was like damn i was mm-hmm. really looking forward to having like you know, middle of the day sex. It is the best kind of sex it's that great, afternoon right? you like. like yeah. It's like, you know, literally getting like getting called up for a booty call mm-hmm. pretty much. And uh, like, like being like 
my not like myself delivered. I was the booty call. You like, <laughs> well, we'll get into the body dysmorphia stuff later, probably. <laughs> like, <laughs> teaser, teaser, everybody. But uh, okay. you know, that was like really anyway. But you know what though, I jerked off before yeah. I, before I left my apartment. Feel much better. Good, Felt much better after that. Really yeah, night it and clears day. your head. Really in night more and day. than one way. It's just like everything that was everything that I, you know. It's not quite as good as like. Actual sex, sex. sex with another person. I, uh, but uh, you know, I think it's also part of a healthy like sexual dynamic. Mm-hmm. Is you you know having both is good. Yeah, I I agree. I a while ago had sex, and I'd com- like it had been long enough where I completely had forgotten. And in my mind, I was like, oh, it's you know, it's the this same. Is normal. Thing. Yeah, it's this, the same. It's the regular thing that people have and been then, doing for all of existence. And then I was in the middle of the act. Hi, mom. I was in the middle of the act. I was like, oh no, shit, this is much better. You were having this... intercourse, and you were like, wow, I forgot yeah, how great forgot. this is. <laughs> Essentially, yes. <laughs> like, it had been long enough. Where I was like, there's oh, like, shit. there's like a whole like aspect of connection mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and like, oh, like, dynamics, and oh, okay, and like, and I, yes, yep. and mm-hmm. improv, folks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you do? Uh, I do a lot of shit. What shit do you do? What so, I guess I, uh, in order of like accomplishment and sort of priority in my life. Mm-hmm. I am an actor, a musician, a comedian, I'm a composer, I'm a writer. I used to do my own podcast called the Mike Handelman podcast that's okay. no longer on the internet. I have clips of it. I'm going to figure out something to do with all that material someday mm-hmm. and eventually I'll maybe I'll be like Tristan Miller and have my own mental Small health podcast of, of podcast for my mom to listen to mm-hmm. uh, which yeah, i know absolutely. right like that's totally like the audience yeah it's pre- like your mom definitely yeah uh, that was absolutely. my mom my mom's probably listening right now hi mom hi mom <laughs> i'm sorry that i anyway talked about jerking off for 15 no minutes. she doesn't care no if you listen to like if you listen <laughs> to the mike handelman podcast my partner would like Every week we would talk about. I mean, he talked a lot about his masturbation habits. Uh huh. Okay. His mom was also a fan. Okay. Of the that is a fascinating dynamic. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe we can maybe we can include a, a clip from that at the end if people are interested. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Send sure, it to that'd me. Be fun. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun little little uh, little button. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, I do all that. Okay. And uh, for uh, I also I'm also an improviser. I think mm-hmm. I mentioned I'm a comedian. I have a I have a I have a kind of an interesting comedy job i work at a no. theme restaurant oh yeah as the, the jekyll high thing at the, right? the jekyll and high club on 7th avenue south come stop come stop by have an have a uh have very very alcoholic cocktail uh uh-huh. we have you know all like all pun and horror themed versions of like long island iced teas and things <laughs> and like moid, things with blue kuroko in them all uh, right <laughs> so you know, assuming you're assuming you're not of yeah, a sober but, variety like, yeah you know, that's your sense. scene sounds ideal or you know if you just like comedy i mean you know that's just like that's just one good thing to go for that's the one, one thing that we offer we also offer you know novelty entertainment in greenwich in this the historic greenwich village mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's a pretty unique place so play a mad scientist character over there awesome giving delight to all kinds of people dozens of people a day yeah sometimes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yesterday i uh worked a party of like 80 Ooh. choir and um band kids from indiana <laughs> oh that's exciting it was exciting <laughs> it was because i'm very political and so i like try to like include like weirdly subversive commentary mm-hmm. that's like my mad scientist character <laughs> like you're all going to be very good little automatons i can tell <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Igor, what did you think about today's voting bill? Yes, 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 Igor, what do you think about deconstructing social norms? I don't think that's specific. I tried to just like, you know, um, I had an interesting interesting experience. So I had another party 
of uh, kids. We were all, they were all they were international kids from the British School of Qatar. Really interesting huh. group of like they were visiting New York, right? And so like you know they were very multinational. It's like literally like I joked at one point that you children realize you're like a majestic um, mosaic <laughs> nationalities <laughs> and religions, right? <laughs> like very nice. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, at one point I was bantering with them and like this uh, really doofy looking kid with yeah. like huge braces and big glasses and this Adidas hat he bought. My heart goes out to him. He was flirting with this very attractive French girl. I think she was French. I don't know. Whatever. And uh, like they sort of tried to pull me into it and I like wasn't sure what was going on. I like tried to yes and the situation and I like clearly embarrassed this girl. Yeah. And I was like fuck. I'm and sorry. I, I blew it I, dude. And I was like shit. Like did I, did I embarrass you? And she was like yeah you did. And I'm like alright what can I do to make it better? And mm-hmm. she was like well he's like calling me this name. Will you tell him to like and I'm like bro! Use her, use her name. Just like, <laughs> don't like whatever's going on. Just use, just call her by her name. Like, just, just respect each other as human beings, okay, kids? Just respect each other. And the girl was like, "Yeah, be a gentleman." And I was like, "No, no, no! no like, no. it doesn't have to be this patriarchal thing where it's like based around gender. Like, it can just like, it can just like, we can just see each other as human beings and treat each other with a basic level of respect, okay, guys? Yes, yes, okay? we're good. All right." <laughs> Cool. Excellent. So, like, lobotomies or whatever. <laughs> read, some, read some Dale mad, Carnegie. Mad, I don't know. Mad science now, right? Mad, I'm a mad scientist. <laughs> Clearly. You can tell by my hair. You can tell by my voice and my mm. getup. And really everything about me. comedian at all. Don't be like me, children. I spent eight years doing my PhD, MD, in mad science and eugenics. <laughs> now I work in food service. <laughs> Nothing wrong with food service. Just don't it's disgrace Not where I thought I would don't be. don't disgrace yourself to the mad science community. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's, I, a, that's a little bit of a that's a little bit of a portrait into my life. I play okay. I play blues music. I play in a couple of bands. Yeah, I do my own stuff. I play blues. I do comedy music. I do yeah. weird experimental music. I we Tristan and I met. I wrote the music for a production of The Tempest that we were in. Yeah, also featuring past guests Tyler Riley and future guest Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that happens. Cameron Clark, and then also oh, Melissa, the Melissa, yeah, here, producer yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, where are you from, dude? Uh, I have no idea. Like the, this, you don't know the kind of the, about yeah, the, the joy of this. Yeah, that, the joy of this is getting to narrative. know you better. Yeah, that's great. Getting to know all about you. Oh, you're gonna know so much about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Things you wish you didn't know. Yeah. Uh, are no like afternoon sex is the best sex for you? I don't know. I actually like. I think morning sex. Really? I think morning sex is I'm like maybe fan. my favorite kind of sex. Because I feel like I mean I get the convenience aspect. Like you're already naked there together. Presumably, well, no, I, I, I like to like I like to have breakfast first. <laughs> so it's like mid morning sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's okay. Like real chill. <laughs> like, <laughs> have some waffles then a fuck. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like let's mm-hmm. let me uh, you know I like let me get out of the corner bodega, get us some bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> Sit, chat, go back to bed. Have a cup of coffee so I'm awake. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. No, that's like morning sex without coffee is a risky proposition. Yeah, yeah. Like it may not go according to plan. <laughs> I think my favorite is uh, mid midnight sex. Not like twelve o'clock. Not like a gremlin thing. But like in the middle of the night, you both kind of wake up and, and you're like, like, "Hey, party. you want? Yeah, you, you want to do it? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, like, we're oh, both I'm here." Just, I have like some like my morning wood came early, yep. so <laughs> pretty much. So uh, does that interest you? Yes, I have this going for me. 
Yes. Mm. <laughs> oh, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> this does not need to become a Yoda's. Yoda. I mean, Yoda's the only Yoda in the in the known Star Wars universe. Yaddle. Right? Yaddle is a female of Yoda's species. So presumably... Well, now, wait a minute. Was she in the Expanded Universe? She no, she's been, in she Episode been, 1. She may have been retconned. No, she's, oh, she's in, in Episode 1. Okay, so she she hasn't been banished. No, she has not been banished. Is the she, void. like, in the Galactic Senate or something? She is on the Jedi Council. Oh, there's another, there's another, there's another Yoda? On the, Ye- like, it's is, weird. It was I, a weird I, choice. I don't remember seeing another Yoda on the Jedi Council. I can Council. send you a picture of it if you don't believe me. I want to think I, about Yoda fucking. So I please do. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, George Lucas has said on the record, uh, it's the illegitimate child of Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. Yoda is. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, exactly. The child of you, Miss Piggy or Kermit the Frog I am. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Frank Osman. So, yeah, anyway. Where are you from? Uh, right, 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 right. New England, New England. <laughs> New England, okay. Well, so interestingly, uh, my, well, back, I'll determine my, that. my backstory, my origin story is a little more convoluted than that. Okay. I was uh, born in the New England area. My father, who was a scientist, was doing his PhD at Tufts University. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was very little, my parents moved across the country to California, okay. where my they'd lived for most of their life, like, I think all their life, really, together after that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my earliest memories are more so like Northern California, we lived in Davis and in the Berkeley area for okay. a while. And then when I was about eight, because uh, my father was academic and so as an academic you go through several positions you oftentimes go through several positions mm-hmm. uh, before you land somewhere he since has I mean, he's about to retire which is weird i'm excuse me i'm old uh, <laughs> or he's old you're old dad <laughs> uh, uh yeah so we moved back to new england when i was like eight uh-huh. and it was a real culture shock it's actually something i'm sort of absorbing i've been absorbing in the last few years yeah um, which we can talk about what, ha- what what brought that on and sort of the arc of my of that. Mm. Mm. Do it, mm. yes. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, do it, yes. Mm. We're doing Robin Williams. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, because Northern California, uh, I don't know if you've been to California, Tristan? Um, I recently was out in L.A. actually for a week, so yeah. I so have. I mean, L.A. is also a little different. Yeah, I would imagine it's its own thing, yeah. yeah it's kind of its own thing, but you kind of know it. You can kind of picture it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Northern California especially is just very hippy-dippy, very laid back. Yeah. It's a good place to grow up as like a sensitive, creative, like yeah. weird little kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, New England is not no. in a lot of respects. No. No, especially like suburban, like north of the north north of uh, Boston, little town yeah. called Melrose, where I mostly grew up. Mm-hmm. Very steeped in yep. uh, the patriarchy. Yes. Uh, so they it say is, very um, invested in sports and athleticism. Neither of the, neither of which I was very good at. Boston's referred to as the Missouri of the of the East, of the Northeast. I've yeah. never heard that before. Yeah. So it's, we think so. I, we think of ourselves as the Athens of America. Oh, I'm sure you do. Because uh, Harvard and MIT are there, and also an ingrained culture of racism and homophobia. Yes. <laughs> how much can you drink, and how many white people can you punch? Yeah, kinda. Yep. Um, yeah. So. But Matt Damon, though. Matt Damon, man. <laughs> let's not talk about Casey Affleck. Let's Oops. not. Let's. Well, I mean, now you've uh, opened that door. Shoot, didn't mean to do that. No. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I don't know. It has like. So I lived there actually for a number of years before I uh, moved to New York about two and a half years ago oh, to heard. pursue acting. Thank you. Did a lot of. I mean, there's some really cool people out there. There's some like you know. 
Like I lived in uh, the the Cambridge Somerville area or Camberville, Ooh, as it's known. Don't like that portmanteau, but okay. Uh, it's you, you. It's it's actually a really nice area. I'm sure anybody anybody in New England, that's where I would hang out. Is in uh, the Cambridge Somerville area. It's a great. I really. I mean, because there is there's a lot of like really great intellectual culture, and there are some really smart people, but there are a lot of there's other elements too. It's mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a weird it's a weird place. Uh, so you know. It's ironic moving to New York. Like I think New York has this reputation in the rest of the country. Everyone here is very rude, mm-hmm. and uh, not to me, they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like coming from Boston, everyone's like super <laughs> sweet and friendly. It's like yep. really wonderful. <laughs> People here are so wonderful compared yep. to. <gasps> I would say like if they're they're not rude. They just have shit to do. Like they don't right, have they time. Don't... They don't have time for chit chat. Well, yeah. they do though. Actually, like a lot of the time, if you like, if you if you like actually like take the time to mm-hmm. engage with people, like they're pretty open. Yeah. That's um, fair. I, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, at the same time, though, like when they, I mean, so when they're when they're open to chit chat, they're open to chit chat. Yeah. When they have to be, when they have to be somewhere, like they have to be somewhere. Yeah. And it's nothing personal. Yeah. Like they just like we're all just moving real fast. Yeah. You know I mean, we're just trying to get from point A to point B. It's been fascinating because I'm striding like I'm too polite to be a New Yorker, but I'm too like assertive to be a midwesterner at this point so i'm writing this weird line uh-huh. of like i'll go home and people are like well he's quite rude isn't he i'm like no i just said fuck come on like, like it's what? fine what? but like when i'm i'm in the services industry as well and like people will like you're so sweet so- you just like everybody don't you i'm like fuck no i just keep to myself thank you yeah right well, where do you uh, so you're, you're waiting tables right now yeah um, um two places mel's burger bar and then um iridium which is the jazz club underneath oh, yeah, Iridium, iridium. yeah oh that's sweet yeah it's a pretty good gig um the manager is there is the best manager for whom i've ever worked so that's the main reason i stay that's nice and yeah. the, you know and the tunes the tunes are good we had uh dana fuchs this last weekend and that was pretty dope i'm excited for uh alan holdsworth is coming to iridium yeah yeah he's, no, you'll you'll, no, you'll yeah. find out your you'll, sure. your, your mind will be expanded okay uh yeah cool and so um i mean because there's a big comedy scene in boston too or at least there was at some point is that still, is still the yeah i mean uh i did a lot of improv out there mm-hmm I first dipped my toe into the stand-up world when I was when I was out there, but I didn't I didn't didn't really take yeah. to it too well. I mean, I actually got into comedy more. I'm mean, doing like stand-up mm-hmm. more through. Uh, I did some tour guide gigs. In fact, okay. I was a colonial tour guide oh, on the okay. Freedom Trail for a season. Wonderful. And uh, yeah, that really that'll really build your chops up. Absolutely, you're just yeah. like talking to people. You're just making jokes about American history for ninety minutes to a captive audience, <laughs> and uh, that really kind of because I mean it's funny when I like a couple of years like maybe like five or six years ago ish I first tried stand up mm-hmm. after doing a lot of improv. I'm a pretty good improviser. I mean, mm-hmm. if you couldn't tell, I'm pretty funny. Guys. Just, <laughs> if, you, if you didn't, if you didn't notice those hilarious riffs I was instigating just from like the get go, <laughs> uh, I'm very funny. Uh, I'm very arrogant and also very self-deprecating. Uh, you'll find out more la- more more later on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I really got my comedy legs underneath me doing that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I first tried it, I was like, "Oh, I can just like improv my way through this. I'm a good enough improviser to like make this work." And mm-hmm. it was also like I'd done a lot of theater, so I knew how to be on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like when you get on stage to do stand up, it's just like this vacuum. Yeah. It's this vacuum, and it's like, how do you fill this? Yeah, <laughs> like what? Am I, there's no one. There's no especially especially at an open mic, right? Like, yeah, there's zero buy-in. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, no one's paying attention. No one's gonna laugh. I mean, there's some, some, yeah. some rooms are better than others, but the, yeah. there, was, there was this one that uh, 
this this uh, an open mic that uh, Rob Crean runs at the Middle East Corner Bar in Central Square in Cambridge. I think it's on Tuesdays. If you're mm-hmm. ever in uh, uh, Boston and you want to uh, check out an open mic, that's one. And mm-hmm. it used to be, and so the, the Middle East, the venue has like multiple bars and multiple rooms. There's like okay. an upstairs and a downstairs. And like the downstairs on Tuesdays was this like 18 plus dance night. So it was loud as fuck, and there were like lines of just half naked girls out the door, and there's all these comedians just like so much slut shaming. Oh, absolutely! So much slut shaming, and it just made sure. it like impossible. It just was impossible to do kind of. It was a, definitely like yeah. there, are, there are workout rooms, yeah. which is a room where it's like deliberately like challenging to make mm-hmm. anything happen. And that was a fucking workout room. I've, I've done. So, there was one in Minneapolis that was like a pizza parlor and it was a, kind of the same shit because it was on the college campus as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry. You so, can... uh, yeah, anyway, so I first did comedy out there and then, uh, since coming to New York, I became more interested in it. It's yeah. kind of a, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, it's, uh, it's kind of a hobby. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I think it's an interesting way to sort of access your creativity. I think if you are a creative person or an actor or someone who's mm-hmm. ever thought about doing stand-up, mm-hmm. uh, I really encourage you, if you're listening, to give it a shot. Yeah. Write some jokes, get on stage, and tell them, and just mm. see, because you're going to learn something. Yeah. Like, whether or not... Maybe you do, you're not whether, funny. Whether or not you do well... Well, that's not even... Yeah, it's, no, it's that's It's so subjective. specific. It's so yeah. specific, and you're such mm-hmm. a bad person for saying that. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to encourage your audience to mm-hmm. push their boundaries. Like, what kind, of, what kind of mental health podcast is this, Tristan? Well, I would just, argue like, that you're just everybody. learning something about yourself regardless is it productive that's, whether that's or not exactly it, what I'm trying yeah, to say exactly. not, we're in agreement of whether or not you, it's not a judgment of whether or not you're funny necessarily yeah. no absolutely not make that format work your first time out because it's very hard it's very yeah. hard it's very specific but you'll definitely like you'll mm-hmm. it's, inter- it's worth checking it's worth trying you know what okay. I mean yeah. like don't something I learned early on uh, is you shouldn't this, you, the failure is not something to be afraid of oh absolutely yeah um and I think specifically if you're an actor, you should definitely, and I think I mentioned this on a different podcast, you, you should definitely try it because it like allows you to figure out who you are on stage by yourself without a character and also to like, it just makes you bulletproof because if if a stand-up show goes poorly, uh, it is hell. Yeah. And if you can just focus your way through that. Yeah, exactly. It's really, it's really an accomplishment. Like just stop giving a shit about what you're doing on stage and just go for broke. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, just like, just stick with it. Just mm-hmm. stick with it no matter what. And just you learn how to listen mm-hmm. in a way that's like really specific. Mm-hmm. You learn how to read a room in a way that's really specific. Yeah. There's just a lot, there's a lot of things about it that are unique unto itself as a format that I think are, are good to explore. Anyway, so that's, uh, those are some of the things that I do. Okay. Some of my, some of my background as an artist. Yeah. And do you use, um, you're obviously very self-deprecating in your humor and do you think, that is, com- that, is that obvious at yeah, this point? Yes, 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 sir. Yes. Um, specifically in my experience with you, but also... Um, I was wondering if the, li- if the listener... Cause I did op- I openly say that I'm super You You did. About five minutes ago. <laughs> about five uh, minutes. But also... And so do you think the, the your mental state feeds into the creative process in regards to writing jokes and stuff? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, I joked with my girlfriend recently mm. that uh, I'm, like, an emotional exhibitionist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Like, uh, I will just, like, take whatever is going on, mm-hmm. and I will just get in front of people, and I will talk about it. <laughs> and, like, a lot of the time, that's, like, my struggle with depression, for example. For you Yeah. Know. Yeah, so, no, it definitely, uh, it's definitely a lot of the stuff that I, a lot of the stuff that I mm-hmm. talk about on stage has to do with that. 
and also the, the, my political beliefs and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it definitely like plays hugely into my voice. Um, I mean, you know, because you've if you've if you know me in real life, then Tristan can testify. I'm very self-deprecating, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's just sort of that's just my natural voice. I think that's you know all right too, and also like it's the safest thing to play joke on yourself. Like right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's it's, it's there's, you can immediately it's immediately accessible because you're here. Mm-hmm. There's there's context built in. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> you, you know, and also like it's it's quote unquote safe. Yeah. You know, uh, you're you're not gonna hurt anyone's feelings by doing it, except for your own. And you probably feel like, shitty that you're day. Like, if you're like, well, you know, and it's like if you're not if you're not ready to like go there and like if it actually is affecting you, then like you shouldn't be doing it. Absolutely, yeah. Like you need to know like where those lines are for yourself and uh, respect them. But I'm like I'm capable at this point of like getting into that stuff and just laughing at it. I mean, that's mm-hmm. also just like a huge part of my I think a, a, just the mechanism I used to cope with shit mm-hmm. it's just like what can you do but laugh mm-hmm. at a certain point that's how i view everything really so yeah, yeah. um and so and so you're diagnosed with depression and anything else you got I, going for you, you? Know can what? i i've never cracked this nut open i've never actually been to a psychiatric professional for any kind of diagnosis oh, fair enough um I, maybe i i've thought about it for as long as I've been suffering from depression, <laughs> which is like, like this is literally since what's going high on. school, mm-hmm. it's like 15-ish years, like it's coming in and out of like my view that I should maybe do that. You know, my girlfriend suggested that might be a good idea. I don't know. You know I, I don't mean? listen to my mind, but I listen I, to hers. I mean, like I'm just saying, like maybe if I want to make this thing work, mm-hmm. like, that could be good. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Jeez. Uh, well, so I don't know. I have diagnosed. I would definitely say I have like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I get I get sad. Uh-huh. Uh, Bummed more, out more more than maybe is normal, quote unquote, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yeah, that's a, just it's, a setting on a dryer. Exactly, exactly, man. And you see, I just there I am. I'm like a level twenty social justice warrior. Just like, <laughs> I will go to. I will do yep. you in so- yep. social justice yeah, warriorship, and yeah. I will conquer you. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's about. Social justice is so, about being right. It's about winning. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah. Oh, but, uh, yeah so depression def- definitely like depression and anxiety yeah you know and uh so i mean i'll just i'll just go into it and a lot yeah. of that so a lot of that went back to like i mean you know i was trying to remember i think the first time i remember being like also anger i have some anger i don't think yeah. it's like i don't have like anger management issues but mm. that's like i'm really i don't know i'm really interested in my own interior life i think a lot of, that's what a lot <laughs> I feel of like most male artists are. most male artists think that I, my interior life is great yeah <laughs> it's like i'm read fascinated the, should read the book that i wrote mm-hmm. about me, me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looking uh, at you hemingway motherfucker yeah um, <laughs> um. But yeah, Oof, but, uh, I feel like that's mm. often how men are taught to process depression is just to get angry about it. Because I remember as a kid being really angry and shit like that. Like, because you, you're not allowed. Like, like being sad is, is kind of assumed that it's a weak thing. I no, not for me. No, um, no. Because I mean, I was always sort of like I have. You know, I felt I've always been pretty enlightened. About that, okay, about that stuff. Mr. About, uh, Coastline, you know, talking Mr. to the Midwesterner. Uh, until my parents are both uh, intellectuals, uh-huh. 
So, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. My mom's a professor too. So, uh, yeah. Well, aren't we just a bunch of winners? Uh, <laughs> aren't, aren't we just a couple of white guys on microphones talking about our feelings? <laughs> this is never. We're breaking new territory. <laughs> There's self-deprecating. There's there it is. Yeah, there. Uh, it is. You know. So anyway, speaking of my own experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was always, I was always. Ang- I was always very angry about like injustice and like racism and sexism. I had a really mm-hmm. early knowledge of that stuff. Yeah, and that's something I was always very. I was always very angry at like authority and like social structures and like a, what I would now call oppression. I wouldn't. I didn't have that uh, that vocabulary at the time. That's a lot of what my anger anger was towards. And then in addition to that was just a lot of depression. Mm-hmm. I think I just like probably needed to get laid. <laughs> Clearly, that's definitely. I mean, that was in there. That was 100% in there. Like, oh, that's for sure. Super real. Yeah, uh, it's. You know, I was like very sexually frustrated for a long time. And it's like, you know, I think it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like the um, sort of the, the hierarchy of uh, fundamental needs yeah. and how you relate to them. And like just what kind of like what, what you just what things you need and what kinds of emotional feedback you need in your life to be like balanced yeah so that was out of whack for a long time i feel like a lot of people think it's like a a a shallow thing to be like well i need sex because in society we kind of view it that way at least at least sort of like well sort of like on the one hand there's this there's sort of two there's sort of these two opposite judgments Mm -hmm. there's sort of this this duality that either as you say it's this shallow pursuit Mm -hmm. i mean all of that and that that notion of it being a shallow pursuit is a counterbalance to you think it as yes as, as being a conquest right as being frankly like this shallow mm-hmm. yes thing that's a real it's a real attitude people have towards sexuality and so as a result sort of there's an intellectual counter to that that like yeah it's just this but like no it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty fundamental and yeah like, it's a base human need it's you know and i mean like asexuality exists mm-hmm. you know um it's everybody has a different relationship to it mm-hmm. and you know sexuality is a spectrum and you know Etc. Etc. I'm sure you've read Alfred Kinsey, mm-hmm. listener. I'm sure. I, mean, I, don't, I, I haven't, but I've seen. I've seen the biopic. So, uh, that was Anyone good in? enough. That was good enough for me. Good old Liam Neeson, pre-taken Liam Neeson. I've not even heard of this movie, but now I need to watch oh, it. Oh, you, you really should. It's actually okay. Kinsey. It's a, it's a, do you know what Alfred Kinsey is? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, like yeah. a Kinsey, too. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so Liam Neeson, the biopic about him. Oh, that's dope as shit. It's dope. Dope as fuck, yo. Lit. <laughs> it's lit. <laughs> yo, check out this like mid-2000s like biopic. <laughs> that Liam Neeson did before he like went on his whole like angry murderous dad kick. <laughs> Remember when Liam Neeson wasn't a murderous dad? <laughs> That's all he plays now is murder dads. Murder dads. <laughs> Liam Neeson is a murder dad yeah, coming basically. this summer. Yeah, no, murder dad, the TV show. No. I, they just... came after his family. Now he will murder them. What would you do in this situation? I want, I want the guy from Taken and John Wick, like the guy John, have a crossover, to cross like over, a Fast yep. and the Furious mm-hmm. style. Like, like, I want him to take amazing. his the, the same organization to take both their dogs. Yeah, yeah. And then no, they like, just no, like, oh. like, like, yeah. John Wick's like dog gets kidnapped. And yeah. Liam Neeson's get daughter, daughter, and then like Liam Neeson's like, "Where's my daughter?" And John Wick's just like, "Where's my dog? Where's my dog?" And I'm, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Liam Neeson, you're even more murderous than I am. <laughs> I need you to understand something. It's my fucking family. <laughs> I have a certain set of skills. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 
That's excellent. That'd be like, an, that's seriously how it's sort of like they brought Jason Statham's character from mm-hmm. uh, the Transporter into the Fast and Furious yep. universe. Like, mm-hmm. that could totally. It's a pitch. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Hollywood. <laughs> I hope you're listening, NSA agent. <laughs> I can get this to Hollywood. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, and you, you were talking. So sex, depression, yeah. sexual frustration. And you were talking a bit like you mentioned body dysmorphia. Did that come with this, like. It was that related to the sexual repression or not repression, repression but like sexual um, frustration. frustration yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. That's that's a pretty that's a pretty heavy that's some pretty heavy language to throw around because okay. that's a that's a pretty serious diagnosis that I, yeah. that I do not clinically possess. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no, like I was always a heavy kid growing up. Um, like I was always overweight. And mm-hmm. never like obese, mm-hmm. but uh, if you see if you see me now, like you know, I'm definitely not a I'm not a skinny dude. <laughs> I'm a bigger fellow. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that, but it's no. something I've always really struggled with and having a, a positive body image. And there's yeah. also just a positive like self image. I think uh, I think you know I'm not, I, you know I was thinking about that the other day. Like I mean, it's something I've been thinking about. Like where did that where did that come from? Like how did I get that idea? about myself and I don't know I mean I can definitely trace back to like being seven and being in you know fucking New England mm-hmm. and being called uh, being picked on for being overweight mm-hmm. and that was like a really like kind of monumental moment of like this thing going on like so like you know what I mean like that that moment where you first feel like shame yeah like that shame I feel a lot of shame that's another <laughs> thing <laughs> that, uh, that that contributes to all of this that definitely tracks with the, the anxiety the, we'll the depression as well because like mm. a lot of people think it's just being like bummed out and sad but a lot of it is needless guilt or shame mm-hmm. or like lethargy as well and it's difficult feel, to deal feeling with feeling inadequate for mm-hmm. whatever reason you um know. imposter syndrome the whole idea of like i don't deserve this i'm stepping into someone else's place i don't really belong here Yep, that's that's an experience people have. Yeah, less so myself. Yeah, no. You think... Well, no, because like it's weird. Because on the one hand, like I think I'm a good I'm a good comedian. Mm-hmm. I'm like a smart, funny, talented guy. Mm-hmm. I just think I'm a shitty human being. Interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> separate from all of that, like I like I'm like, and I also that's that's also so the result. what you're that's, saying that's is you're res- a comedian. That's the result. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but I mean, that's also the result of a lot of really active work over the past like ten yeah. years. Like there was a point after I graduated high school where I flipped a switch. Yeah. Um, on my worldview, and I was like, no, I'm good at things, and I'm mm-hmm. going to own that and acknowledge that. And especially, like, in the really, cause I just turned 28. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I think it's like, to an extent, like, I like, so I feel like I just turned 28, and I really, like, came to own that self knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think questioning that was really useful for, like, a while there, like, in terms of motivating me to get better. Mm-hmm. It served an important purpose, but not not now. Okay. <laughs> I would I would encourage you to, like, you know, I mean, there's a certain amount of, like, self-criticism and reflection is always useful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be, like, you know, there's a little, you maybe, maybe beat yourself up just a little bit, just as much as <laughs> healthy to, like, uh, motivate you to do better mm-hmm. at the thing you're pursuing. But then, like, at a certain point, get good at the thing and then stop that yeah <laughs> like let yourself off the hook a little bit yeah just know that you're competent at this and yeah, then pursue and, forward and just keep going man you're doing good you're doing good buddy mm-hmm. doing good mikey <laughs> hanging in there man <laughs> hanging in there you're doing a podcast well isn't that novel <laughs> nobody's doing those no <laughs> 
Specifically, not comedians. No, no it's not, not like it's not the exact same format. Talking about mental illness. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh lord. Anyway, but going off that, actually, there's been this like notably a boom of comedians coming out and going, "Oh, we're all kind of fucked up, and this is why we do this." And I think that's really wonderful because up until this point, people assumed if you were funny, you were happy, and I. That's just not true because if you're happy, you have no need to make other people laugh because you're content with who you are and what's happening. I don't. I think that's a over exaggeration. I would say it's a generalization. Yes, but but I think I, mean, I think that's true. I think it's true of. I think there's. I mean, I'm really. There's, I mean, for all of the like, all of the fascists that we've put in high office, yeah. uh, there's been like a lot of really positive progress. Yeah. In our lives. Mm-hmm. And um. It's and so like for I mean, just like in terms of representation, in terms of like and all kinds of that, right? And there's yeah. an open acknowledgement that like these are issues for people, and I think I think part of that too is necess- has been necessitated by how much access we have now. Yes, uh, like people want to know there is an audience for this knowledge, mm-hmm. and uh, so people are just putting it out there a lot. And also, you know, there's been some certain high profile. I mean, there's always been always been incidents like this i mean going back to like you know like richard pryor had yeah. very public struggles with substance abuse or then mm-hmm. like you know more in the last few years robin williams committed yeah. suicide uh so yeah definitely there's people under speak and people are more willing to acknowledge that and talk about that i yeah. mean there's i mean it's hard for us to imagine what the stigma was around going to therapy just a couple of generations ago. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, like it's that's been a huge, huge shift that we can't. I don't. I can't. I don't imagine we as people who were born in the '80s or '90s or whatever. Your whenever mm-hmm. your listeners were born, probably the, the younger ones <laughs> uh, can fully comprehend. Yeah, I, I having talked with uh, my family, the like my the older people, and it, it, there is a lot of stigma around it, and they kind of a lot of a lot of them refuse to go because like they're like, no, I'm not a crazy person. I don't need to go and seek help and that sort of thing i'm fine everyone else is weird that's also very midwestern oh absolutely that was the other thing i was going to get to like you i agree but also with what you're saying but also in the midwest it is like not talked about still a lot Mm. and it's a real issue because most of the people that ended up in the west are the people that kind of need it in as much as they were like well fuck everything i'm gonna go into the middle of nowhere i want to be by myself i don't like people because people don't understand me Right, and so the people who colonize those clumps of America tend to be a little bit more strange. I find though Californians mm. are weird. California, I mean, Cal- those are like the places you go if you're like weird mm-hmm. and you don't like people. Mm-hmm. You go to the Midwest or yep. Alaska or somewhere far mm-hmm. the fuck out. Or if you are weird and you want to be around people, mm-hmm. and, or if you want, or if you're from one, or if you're a weird person from one of those places, mm-hmm. and you can't tolerate it anymore, California is a great option. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> you can like literally go and just assume a synonym. You can, <laughs> I mean, people do that. Like yeah. you can, no one, no one ask, you know, no one's gonna question it. You can just be whoever you want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I think, I, mean, I think that's definitely a, a motivator for a lot of people who go into. I mean, that's certainly yeah. That's why I gravitated towards comedy and that's why mm-hmm. I've always had an interest in making people laugh like even before I knew I wanted to be in the entertainment business uh, I was always just and I think also I mean to me like it's not just that I'm sad yeah and so like making people laugh 
like justifies my existence. Yeah. Like there That's is very, a very simplified version of it. Uh, it's like there is there's just something like wonderful about yeah. that. Like it's just a really like beautiful thing. Does there's a human connection to it? And I think you know. Also, I like I crave that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also just like good. It's just good on its own terms, like for unselfish reasons. And, and so, you know, I think there are people who feel that way about it. I think, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't think that stand up is necessarily, I, mean, I think also the, the tropes that are developed around the language of stand up because so many people who have struggled with this kind of stuff have been so successful at it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, frankly, like, Let's bring it back to Bill Cosby for a minute. Mm. Like his whole, his he's an he's a really interesting example of a voice comedically, right? Like yeah. if we set aside the rape allegations, mm-hmm. uh, and I say allegations because they've not yet been proven been proven in court. There is, I mean, I think we can all uh, safely assume. safely assume mm-hmm. that he's a uh, uh, he's committed numerous acts of at least violence. one of those, um, at least. Even if it's like Dave Chappelle said, I'm judging said, you so hard right now. No, for man. Your, your Cosby joke. Just no, 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 like Dave Chappelle. I know. Said I, it I saw new, that recently. Yeah, the, yeah, I watched that. The, even if it was yeah, tell, that's like, a dozen rapes. That's like, still like, not even good. If, like, yeah, even if oh, even if like a quarter, even if only one in yep. four of the victims yep. have come forward, that's like I mean, still not good. <laughs> that's still like I mean, that's even even like yeah. It's, anyway, it's, anyway, but I'm trying not to. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to sidestep mm-hmm. the sexual assault and violence yeah. issue right now, and just you know, for example, a template of a comedian whose whole thing was positivity. I mean, also it's yeah. fascinating. I mean, he's just a fascinating guy mm-hmm. that he is like clearly a monster. Yeah. Uh, but then like his persona was so cuddly mm-hmm. and so untortured. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I mean, clearly there were other things going on that led him to do that. Who knows? I myself am not Bill Cosby. So. What? Man. <laughs> Surprise. I bit the wrong I know, person. You're like, I know that the reveal was going to be that Mike Handelman has been Bill Cosby this entire time. <laughs> you ruined it. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, false billing. False advertising. It's going to be like your, False billing, if you, you will. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yep, this is gonna be like your this this serial the serial your new your new the new hit podcast. <laughs> yep, of like serial levels revealing like there was finding Richard Simmons revealing Bill Cosby. Cosby yep, <laughs> but yeah, it is like, and I think all artists have that of like there's a public life and a private life, and that's also not just artists. I think that's everybody because society is everyone kind of agreeing to get along right, and, there's a social contract in place yeah. that we're all going to view each other as, from a certain lens and mm-hmm. have certain relationships and uh, yeah that your interior life is your interior life mm-hmm. and only you really have full access to it yeah. and then you share a certain amount of it with the people in your life depending on your relationship with them mm-hmm. it's really fascinating as well in as much as like oh man I had a thought and it went away um, just like the, like you're saying, the duality of, of that dark and light side of a persona versus, um, Persona 4 is a good video game, I've heard. I've not played it. Me neither. Yeah, I've just lost my train of thought completely. It's derailed. So I'm going to so cut all so of this way. The, 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 just going to cut this all out. <laughs> yeah, just the whole thing. It's gone. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> actually do that or not. Because uh, yeah, that's the only reason you're going to listen to this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to I wanna, like, hear like, how, much did I, uh, how much did I reveal mm-hmm, before the end yes. of this episode. Yeah. And, uh, I, I would say every... Com- I am the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're Ted Cruz? No. <laughs> okay, but there is this thing of like, I think every comedian and every artist goes through some sort of struggle and they're all different. And that's what makes them compelling as people because, and that's what makes them relatable because hardship is what bonds people Conflict. together. Yeah, exactly. That's what we tell stories about. I think, oh, right. Going back, I, the idea of creating humor and light just out of the joy of it and to put positivity out into the world, I think is in incredibly important. And also like, it's not, it's not a selfish thing. And I think people do, there is this view specifically of stand-up comedians that they are selfish people because they're like, laugh at me. I want to make this thing happen for you. It seems where it's not, it's just like you want to make the world brighter because you're trying to because you see how dark it is we want to be seen and you want to share the experience of seeing and being seen yeah and that's very human and yeah. that's very cathartic mm -hmm. uh and that's very necessary and that's why that's why it's why we're all storytellers man, man. <laughs> uh so you know some bullshit 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 cliches are not actually all that all that bullshit they're yeah. just funny i mean they're they can yeah. be bullshit when they're sort of like blown up to such proportions, but uh, that's not that's... cliche is a grain of truth, I think. Yeah, exactly, and that's true of you know shared experience through storytelling, whether mm -hmm. that's music or comedy, or you're a screenwriter or an mm -hmm. author or oh. whatever it is, and then yeah. you take it and capitalism, so you commodify it. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Because that's how we value. So uh, Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. So, Patreon.com. <laughs> Patreon.com slash positive negative. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> or whatever that is. <laughs> um, but you talked a bit about like, did you get performance anxiety, man? I don't. No? No. Okay. No. Well, you know, all right. So basically. Because you talk really fast and that's generally the mark of someone who's anxious. <laughs> Interesting. I'd yep. never, I'd never heard that before. Oh, at least that's my personal observation. That's Anyone your... who talks about this, right, then they're like, "Oh, I'm just want to fill the void because, oh God, what, what if they just stop thinking? What if I stop thinking about myself and they start thinking about me? And then, oh God, yep, it's that. You give me four, four what? Four score and seven years ago. But anyway, you don't get stage fright. So I make, I'm proving a point. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> then I can allow space in a conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which apparently you can't. Oh no! From that uh, that whole Abraham Lincoln riff. Yep. <laughs> no, I think that's probably more cultural. The the rate at which I speak. I mean, also, yeah. I, I, I think very quickly. I'm very. Mm. I think I'm just smart, Tristan. <laughs> well, generally, in my experience, both all the smart people I know are also anxious because uh, they true. think too much. But uh, no, anxiety, anxiety, performance anxiety. Uh, in the bedroom. Oh, that's a real that's a real thing I struggled with for a long time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about that. Let's follow that little. Uh, we can get back to it. Web. Um, okay. Uh, I'll just I'll just say this I'll just say this relationship I'm in right now has been great for it. Good. Uh, it's been really I good. I'm glad you're in a positive place with yeah, your sexuality. Yeah, I really am. I'm in a positive. No, like I'm legitimately glad you're in a positive place for your sexuality. Stop being so authentic. God damn it! Yeah, I can't I handle it. Now I am anxious. <laughs> That that that's you should go to the Midwest right there. That that proves. Um, anyway, ugh, feelings, mm. anxiety. No, like I get more anxious about like interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like whether or not you fucked up or like exactly. Yeah, yeah like did I fuck up? Did I make someone uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. You know, did I like commit a, some kind of a faux pas? Like. Mm -hmm. 
that kind of thing. Why you are know, they texting me back? Why exactly? Like, mm. should I have texted that? Did I like send too much? Did mm-hmm. I send too little? Like, like, See, it was not the Muppets. It's not the Cosby. It's the Muppets. It's the Muppets. Uh, oh, that's really great. Oh, that's so. Hey, uh, Kermit the Frog oh, here. Mm-hmm. We're back to doing. Uh, no more talking about feelings. Let's do uh, dueling impressions of Muppets. Right. Kirby! Oh, Kermy! Oh, Kermy! Mm-hmm. Kermit the Frog here. Uh, <laughs> Switch to someone else. You have mm-hmm. yeah, Miss Piggy and Kermit. Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy and Yoda are not very far off. I no, think. they are not. Um, specifically, in Empire Strikes Back, that's exactly the same. It's pretty much yeah. As you think about it, it's just like looking Oz, found someone you have. Frank Frank Oz did a weird semantic thing with his uh, <laughs> with Miss Piggy and did a cool puppet, and that's yep. Yoda. Um, what were we talking about? Anxiety. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so those are the kind of that's the kind of anxiety I have. I mean, well, so for example, so social like, anxiety. I'll get into it. Performance anxiety. I mean, I've been performing for so long. Yeah. And I've had things. I mean, I almost like kind of get off on things going on going wrong on stage. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like it's like this is new. How are we gonna, How are we gonna fix this? Yes. Like, how are we gonna get back on track, guys? I don't know. Because you know, what I know. You know what I know. It's not going to happen. No one is going to die. Yes. Because I have actually lost people in my life. And so, mm-hmm. like, that experience, like, the experience of losing some really good friends of mine uh, when I was in high school and yeah. a little after has, like, made me, helped me realize that, you know, you can place so much importance on a performance or an audition or mm-hmm. a gig or whatever whatever the thing is, right? And, like, it's just, it's you're, you're, just, you're just on stage in front of people. Yeah. And... You know, I've also like I've bombed enough in like both in life and in uh, on stage mm-hmm. to where it's like you know compared to the experience of losing someone, like that's that's not what this is. Absolutely, this is, this is these are those are not the stakes involved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like at the end I of the do. day, you might get them. You might and if you if you listen if you're listening to this listener, you should know that if you're if you're uh, you know, if some aspiring performer has found this somehow and is listening to it, God help. Or if them. I'm if I'm famous at some point in the near future, <laughs> and you uh, want to know more about me, there's my advice. It's like, no, no one's gonna fucking die. Yeah. You know, so there's nothing. There's like not like it, not unless it's, there's not, and that's you know, it's actually something I um, there's a book there's a book on acting called True and False by David Mamet. Yes. That I really like. Yeah, yeah, I've read it. It's very good. And uh, I mean, you know, you have to sort of like take David Mamet with a grain of salt because yeah. he's insane. Yes. But you know, he said something in um, True and False that really resonated with me at an important point in my development as an actor. Is that like you know you have to identify the things you can you can and can control, yeah. and control the things that you can and let go of the ones that you can. I mean, there's also a there's a, there's a prayer yeah. that goes along those lines yeah getting into my disdain for religion because mm-hmm. i'm a northeast coastal elitist mm-hmm. i judge you for your theism it's not like i i have that in my my wallet or anything michael uh, do you i don't know do you want to see i mean do you are you doing a bit right now or do you i, I don't know Okay, well, I'm asking you. Well, I have a question. Outside of the, outside of bits, if that's something that you carry more I think, it, yeah, I do. Okay, yeah, it's a good it, one. It's a good one. It is a good one. And it's like, now, I just found it when I was cleaning um, my room back at my parents' place. And I was like, oh, this seems applicable to life in general. Yeah, it's no, it super is. Yeah. I mean, I've like, I don't know, that's something. I'm I've not been, offended by the that's way. That's something I've been working on. Yeah. Is just like 
letting go of things you can't control no uh being cool about religion <laughs> oh yeah i i would say like and i'll probably cut this part out because my mom listens no um <laughs> <laughs> but uh like Christian, I, are you are you doing podcasts with atheists it's not even that. <laughs> that's way funnier than what i meant <laughs> you're hanging around a bad crowd young man pot smoking atheists <laughs> No, it's like I, I go to church like around the holidays, but that's about it at these at this whatever, point. You know? Whatever gives whatever gives but structure just, to your life, man. That's it, that's what does it for it's you. It's more of a cultural thing. It's yeah, kind of like being fine. a. It's it's kind of the Jewish way of being Christian. I don't know. Yeah, that wow. tracks. Wow, it's co-opting my people. Yeah, well, they're. Probably, I'm not actually that Jewish. I'm only half Jewish. I'm not really. I don't really identify religiously as Jewish. Anyway, I might be co-opting my people too. I don't know. Who the fuck even knows? There's it the, doesn't matter. There's a bunch don't, of adoptions. Don't worry about it. There's a bunch of adoptions in the family. Oh, anyway. there we go. That's fun. That's festive. You mm-hmm. should do 23 and me. Find out. I literally have it in on the, the other side of the room. Nice. Um, my sister sent it. Anyway. Um, what do you do? Is it a good R2 noise? <laughs> yes. Where do you want to pick this up from? I think, uh, but yeah, it's, I agree as someone who has lost people and also almost died a couple of times. I, I, have you told that story in the podcast? Probably. I imagine almost dying. Maybe. I don't know. Um, like I, I was, I was on a train station in Minneapolis. I was eating a piece of pizza. I started choking. No one was helping me. And I like was almost close to passing out and I managed to get it out of my, uh, my, my throat. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. So like after that, and I was really depressed because my girlfriend of the time had just broken up with me. And I was like, oh, fuck, I just wanted to die. Nope, nope, no, no, no. It turns out I don't. Turns yeah, right, I don't right, 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 right. It turns out like, oh, shit. Oh, oh. shit. Wow. Who boy. Like, mm, that was a close one. Really testing the limits here. Like, yep. I take it back. There was a moment. There was a moment where it went through my mind. Like, I could just let this happen. <laughs> And then, like, survival instinct. Right, your stupid, your stupid fucking genome <laughs> yep. that, like, dictates that you need to continue the human yeah. race kicked in. Yep, absolutely. Ugh. And then, like... Um, How obnoxious. <laughs> oh, what an inconvenience. Oh, really, though. Yeah, um, but things aren't as important. And, like, I show up to auditions kind of not giving a shit now, too. Like, right. I'm like, if I get this, great. If not, okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's an important part of audition craft, I think, is mm-hmm. having ownership over that that you are like having that right balance of like being like kind of cocky and not giving a fuck, but like in a way that makes you cool and Mm -hmm. not an asshole. Yeah. And that, and I think that, I think that comes down to like, you know, not that I, it's like, not that I like, I don't give a shit about your project. Like this is a cool project and maybe I would be an interesting fit for it. Mm -hmm. And so here's a representation of who I am. Mm -hmm. And Hey, if this is what you want, like here it is. Cause this is just, I'm the only one who can do this. Yep. And, uh, you know, maybe this speaks to your vision and if it doesn't like maybe next time. Yep. And then, and then you just put that out there and then you let it go. It's a lot like I actually, um, it's funny, I compared it to dating yeah. not too long ago with a friend of mine. That it's like you need to like you need to be like you need to enter the situation like fully invested, fully yeah. believing that you're willing you're you're uh capable of doing it, that you deserve it, that you would you would bring something to it mm-hmm. and like you need to put all that out there. And then when you leave the room, let it go. Mm-hmm. So you need to put all that into the text message. <laughs> Mm-hmm. send a text message and then let it go yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. or the date or whatever the situation yeah. is and that's just, I think that's a good way that's just a really good way to approach life yeah I, I also feel like with auditions it's um showing up and being a professional 
Like, you just, like, I can do this job. It's a job. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Totally. Because, like, a lot of people are like, it's like art and it's my life. And I'm like, no, it's a job that you could potentially get. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you you have the, yes, you have the, I mean, it's like your your job is taking your your, your interior life and applying it mm-hmm. to a story to, like, express something universal. And that's something, like, pretty heavy and cosmic. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, words on a page. Yeah, man. <laughs> all just words man you know it's like you you get up and do a thing (laughs) yeah and uh lots of people can do it lots of people do do it maybe maybe i'll fart in front of a camera maybe that'll be funny i don't know who knows maybe that's how you get viral yeah definitely what i'm gonna do is photoshop my head onto a dog that farts and i think that's the way to go but it's really important that i use photoshop because that may it's a still image so you just presume that the dog is farting. See, I've caught myself in a, um, a misnomer of terms. I was see. about to say, like, are you going to learn how to use After Effects to, like, <laughs> really, to s- really, really sell this? Well, no, no, I'm suggesting, like, you could get it. You could take a, you could take a, take a video on your phone of a, of a dog farting. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, you know, using a basic piece of editing software. I mean, editing software is so sophisticated now that you could yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. this probably wouldn't take you that long to figure out how to do. No, no. And just superimpose <laughs> your face onto the dog mm-hmm. and then, like, put a funny voiceover <laughs> and uh then you'll make you a million dollars right mom <laughs> well thank you for your my, athe- my atheist friend told me to do that mom <laughs> which one now, now you have to keep that in yes. <laughs> good times yes um you ever, you ever think about dying a lot? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like Suicidal ideation, lots of it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Never uh, tried it. No? Nope. But you got that thing where you just are constantly batting that thought away? Not constantly. It comes and goes. Okay. Um, but I definitely have, like, thought about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Going pretty far back. I remember, like... Whew. How old was I, like... Maybe even eleven. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's really it's hard to say. Weird. Um. Because my my like eight year old nephew, I think he's eight, said like he got upset and he said I want to kill myself and they were like, and it was kind of shitty because his older brother's response was Is this a bit? Like, is he doing it for attention? I'm like, no, he's just really embarrassed and like that's how your brain processes that sort of thing. Like, I don't want to be here in this situation. Right. And that's what it's kind of turned into me. I've realized that's what it means. But what about what about you? Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems like there's just something something to me about there's something really appealing about giving up sometimes. Yeah. Like I think because I I'm someone who cares actually very deeply. Mm-hmm. I feel very deeply, mm-hmm. and uh, have lots of deep thoughts and feelings <laughs> and deep cares. <laughs> Have you seen Eagle uh, versus Shark? Because you're acting a lot like Jermaine in that. Uh, oh, you have depression? Uh, no, I haven't. I do a, look like Jermaine Clement. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. I do kind of have a Jermaine Clement thing. Vibe. Right, vibe. But you should watch it. It's very good. But continue. You um, you feel and care very deeply. Yeah, I do. And so, like, it's, like, inconvenient sometimes. It yeah. It's very, like, that can become really challenging and really painful. Absolutely. And, uh... Yeah, like that idea of just like not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, times when it's like really intense can just appeal deeply. And I also have a very, I have a very negative outlook. Yeah, something I'm really working on. 
So I've always been kind of, I've always, it's always like, it's always been more comfortable for me to be kind of a pessimist. Mm -hmm. Because then if you don't like expect good things to happen, then like. When they do, it's it's, nice. It's nice. And when they don't, it's fine because you're emotionally prepared for it. And even when they do, it's like, but I feel like at the same time, like I've gone to such a point where it's like, even when they do, it's just kind of like, oh, that. That happened, but that was mm. that's temporary because mm-hmm. like something will something like this new relationship has come along, and I'm like clearly if you haven't you haven't picked up already, like, I'm pretty happy about it. But like something's gonna happen to fuck it up. I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna say something. Uh, something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, just constantly waiting for that other shoe to drop. Yeah, something's gonna happen. Yeah, you know, um, like I'm gonna like I'm gonna like go a little too deep on something and find a way to emotionally wound you sooner or later. <laughs> That. Whether I intend to or not, it's coming. <laughs> Just a heads up, sweetheart. <laughs> I will say that has kept me from dating a lot is the knowing that I'll probably fuck up in some way. And then also like this idea of um, mental illness being like, kind of a you know a mark against me of like oh well no one wants to be with this kind of person the, because someone, i'm because you're with the bipolar yeah yeah i'm on with the bipolars yes that's how i that, hi i have the bipolars how are you yes, isn't this cutesy yeah <laughs> isn't this, you should you should use that in your next date like when you get into like your mental health stuff you're <laughs> like oh be... you know i have the bi you know i just have the, the bipolars like I'm isn't that do... isn't that a cutesy way of like when you like take something and make it into a uh mm-hmm. no what's the word not a multi you know what i mean when you, that that verbal usage as opposed to you have like multiple or something mm-hmm. you know what i mean you put that... a plural plural thank you i pluralize my mental condition, condition yes <laughs> it's adorable yep i mean it's going to be a picture of my face on a dog that's farting and it says i have the bipolars it's my new meme mm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i'm going to try and get it with the hip be, uh, cats should be the it should be the uh, new logo for your podcast absolutely <laughs> positive and negative farting dog <laughs> i have the bipolars <laughs> Okay. Like, so, just be like, so I, so like, in case you didn't think I was insufferable already, I do a, I do a podcast. Yep. Here's the logo. Yo, absolutely. This is a great way of letting you know also I have bipolar disorder. So you want to come to my place? So yeah, like, exactly. Uh, uh, I've got a sweet blanket hanging yep. up in my room. Hey, it muffles the sound. It muffles the sound. I'm making a small studio. I know, I know what it does. I know. Mm-hmm. It hides very, the shame bed. It hides, it hides, the, 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 hides all the, all the, hi- I was going to make a really blue joke. I stopped myself. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it off camera. Okay. But, off um, camera, off microphone. <laughs> but it is like, because do you ever feel that way as well? Because you know you're kind of bummed out. Do you, does that ever prevent you from like reaching going, out or reaching to... out and like going, oh, people don't want to deal with this? No, not that part as much. Okay. I mean, I think self doubt definitely does. Okay. Like, I've, like that's a thing. Mm-hmm. more than like um i guess that apply i mean that's not so much the idea that like my mental illness is or not i don't know it's again i'm not diagnosed um, let's say condition your mental right condition. My, my mental condition my mental idios my mental indio idiosyncratis you know what i mean it's not it's not that i'm, a, a, I'm worried someone will like not <laughs> want to deal with that but it definitely prevents me. I mean, I so like I have a lot of anxiety about rejection, for example. Yeah. That's something I've always really struggled with, um, and I think prevented me from like reaching out more when I was like in high school. I did. I didn't really date. I didn't really have relationships. Well, I had actually. So I don't have a relationship until I was nineteen, mm-hmm. and uh, that ended up lasting five years. Wow. Five like 
codependent yeah. ass years. <laughs> and uh, I'm 28. So it's been about, it's coming up on, I guess, wow, four years this summer since yeah. that ended. So I like, it's funny, I kind of like flipped the script on your 20s. Yeah. In that, like, I think most people spend like college and like the first part of their 20s, like, dating a lot of different people mm-hmm. and then like you meet someone and you like maybe you like really fall in love for the first time and like something kind of like get some traction and then you move in together yeah and then you like try to do like the long-term cohabitation thing nope nope <laughs> not this guy absolutely not i uh met someone when i was 19 and we stuck to it goddamn it because <laughs> i didn't know what else to do because i didn't think anyone else would ever love me ever again so uh <laughs> So I mean, it's a yes. pretty, that's a long story. It's a lo- it's you know. So we were long distance for a while, yeah. and then I mean, she came from an abusive background, so she ended up kind of running. Like she graduated college and like kind of ran away from home. I mean, she was like mm-hmm. an adult at that point. Yeah, like she had to get away from a, a bad bad family situation. Yeah, um, where she was in California, and uh, moved in with me, and that was not not healthy but at the same time like what the fuck was i gonna do yeah you know what i mean like i really wanted i didn't want her to like go back to that that situation you know what mm-hmm. i mean so that's what ended up happening with me and so the past two years have been like really like i've been kind of like so like wait a minute dating i never actually figured out how to do this yeah <laughs> like i was always too crippled by self-doubt and anxiety mm-hmm. and self-loathing to like try and like tell that to like healthily approach this as a high schooler or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then like the first person I dated in college, I just dated forever. Yeah. And so now I'm like, you know, learning how to, how to do that and how to deal with it. And, you know, so I've done lots of like this person I'm with now I'm online, mm-hmm. just, you know, just great. I uh, think online dating is a lot more efficient than we allow. Like it has think, a weird I think stigma. Online dating, I think, um, I think that's, I think the stigma against online dating is kind of bullshit. It is because like, for example, chances are I would never have met this person, mm-hmm. like, were it not for online dating. I mean, in yeah. a lot of ways, it's, like, made it harder. I, mean, I don't know. It's just, it is what it is. I mean, there's there's a there's something about it that's kind of, I mean, I think it makes, it kind of sucks in New York. Yes. Dating in New York sucks to begin I, with. Yes, absolutely. In case you didn't know, this podcast is recorded in New York. We yeah. both live in New York. We are both men in our 20s in New York. Uh, you've heard us talk. You can imagine the challenges that we face yes. socially and romantically. Yes, being two white artists, two white ass, or two Dude. white ass cracker ass motherfucking artists, <laughs> sensitive dudes. Uh, yeah, you know, maybe too sensitive some for our good, own good. good soft boys. Uh, some of them soft boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean. <laughs> Because, I mean, there's, like, so much... We have so much selection now. Like, yeah. I mean, have you seen Logan's Run? You know that movie? No, I haven't. There's a scene in Logan's Run that, like, kind of predicts Tinder. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, like, set in this utopian society where people are killed at the age of 30. Yes. And so, like, the, 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 the weird dystopian dome they live in, like, provides them with, like, every possible need. And, of course, one of those we discussed earlier is sex. Yeah. So there's, like, this teleporting machine where you can, like, go and stand in it and then, like... Like, there's a scene where the protagonist, Logan, is, like, flipping through, like, who's in the teleporter machine at the Mm. time. And, like, you can kind of, like, you can, like, find yourself in someone's, like, chambers and, like, agree to fuck, basically. Mm. And that's kind of, that's Tinder, right? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, pretty much. You know. So, 
But I mean, also, I, think, I don't know. I think OkCupid, for example, is like, I mean, there's like OkCupid and other more specialized dating sites. Mm-hmm. Like, really do, like, you can, you can, especially if you're like, if you're in the fetish or kink community. Yeah. Like, that would have, that is like, that as your situation, your your quality of life is so much higher because of the internet. Because whatever thing you're into, man, like, someone else, there's always been somewhere out, someone out there who was into it. Yeah. And, or, so you either had to find that person or find someone who was willing to tolerate this thing that you're that, into. Yeah. And like, cared about you enough and was like on board enough to uh-huh. like make it happen that you can just find them now mm-hmm. you know Go find people to fuck people go well, we're like you know whatever they, yeah but i mean like that's a real that's a real that would have oh, been a real sure. struggle for a long time absolutely if you were someone with a specific sexual need and you can just find someone who meets it and just be happy now so that's good but then i mean i mean new york's its own weird sociological like set of circumstances absolutely yeah. that make it challenging um so Anyways, that's a lot of my com- that's been a lot of my comedy. For example, that was, that was a lot mm-hmm. of the jokes I used to do, and that's been a str- something I've always struggled with, and also just like a, having a sense of self worth with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's it's hard when you like someone and you want them to like you, and then you don't know if they do, and like that. I feel like that's eighty percent of dating nowadays because of the not being in the same room as other people most of the time. Right, well, and that's what's great about online dating for me. Yeah is that it's just like you don't even you can just skip that whole step yeah like if you know someone socially and you mm-hmm. don't know if they'd be interested in dating you or not mm-hmm. that's obnoxious yeah <laughs> that's hard that's a really hard position to be in mm-hmm. uh and you know what else you know it'll skip that yep here's <laughs> going a profile on t- going on tinder mm-hmm. did you uh, we you've matched great <laughs> like, we know we know there's some baseline of interest here mm-hmm. so there's no questioning like is this a date <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, That's always the worst. I've gone on like, oh, there's this girl you've, like, hung out with women. Yeah, and... that I really liked at the time, and we like hung out a couple of times, and I was like, I don't know, and I assume not because she didn't seem interested at all. But in retrospect, probably I don't know. It eats away at my core. Wait, whether she was interested or not? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, and it's like, well, it's also I think you know, it's we're so afraid of being we're so afraid of being hurt. I mean, understandably, because yeah. like. But uh, we just we have so many we have so many defense mechanisms out there because I mean you could have I mean the 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 correct thing I would say to do would have just been like hey is this a date well no it's like hey you know I have romantic feelings for you yeah like yeah I mean I also I have this weird kind of philosophy like uh, this abnormal philosophy about love that it's all kind of the same shit just like depends on how you express things because in my mind love is empathy. And so okay. if you feel for somebody, it doesn't matter kind of how, like, obviously there's a baseline of like, I don't want this person to die. That's basic empathy. Mm-hmm. And then there's like different levels of it, but it's all the same shit. So if you like have a giant, let's use the word crush on a friend mm-hmm. and then they're like, no, I'm not interested. A lot of people will be like, well, I can't be, be friends with you anymore or whatever. Whereas I feel like it's like, okay. Now I just have more empathy for you than I do the rest of my friends, and it's fine. Like it doesn't bother me in a weird way. Okay, well, that's yeah. good. Yeah, like it's I I also also prefer being friends with people to being romantically interested in them. Interesting. Because in my experience, um, friends last longer and are in your life more, and you get more done with those people. Like you do more fun things, and you. But also my counter argument for your orgasms. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, not necessarily. I can do that on my own. 
fewer fulfilling or fewer there it is fulfilling <laughs> orgasms that are with another person or yeah. like remember that time remember that time you had sex Tristan yeah <laughs> vaguely <laughs> you know what I mean no I mean yeah totally yep. I mean I've like it's something I wrote a I wrote, it's something I wrote a poem about to my girlfriend yeah the other day it's like not well just like sort of the like the remembering like oh yeah developing feelings for someone like, yeah because it's so like it's such a great positive thing to have happen mm-hmm. and when you're someone who suffers from depression you forget those things exist yes <laughs> Yeah. Oh Lord. I think that's a good note to end on. I think so. I think this was a successful, successful sesh. Yes, bro. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so yeah, guys. I'm Mike Handelman. Uh, Google me for. I mean, literally, if you want to know, if you want to see more of my stuff, that's yeah. like, the most efficient way it's to do E-L, it. It's E L, not L E. E L. Mike H A N D E L M A N. I wonder. I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna. Go on my phone right now. And you're going to Google yourself? I'm going to Google myself misspelled and see what comes up. Okay. Because I know what comes up when I Google. I know, like, my website and shit. I'm on, I have stuff on YouTube that you can watch and look at. It's all funny and entertaining. You're a very gifted musician as well. And uh, that's good. You got thanks, good. man. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's that's a lot of the stuff I have out there, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, yeah, just keep an eye out for me on the scene, yo. And you'll be seeing more of me. Tell me how, now tell me why, tell me why, tell me why, restless and crazy and dead. Now I know where that button is. Now I can take care of it for myself. You taught you taught me to fish. And now I can I led you to the river. And, and you forced me to fish. I've at gunpoint. And now I can fish, but I can't do it without being traumatized. <laughs> Alright, boy. We're down at this river. You gonna fish you're gonna die. <laughs> You're gonna be so sufficient or you're gonna die, boy. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna put my pole in the water. Okay, they're gonna bite it and the hook is gonna get stuck in their put mouth. Put your pole in the water, boy. Mr. Tanner, I don't want my hook to get stuck in their mouth. I can just eat I can just eat an apple from the tree. Would you just put your goddamn hook in the water? I'm putting his case in the water. It's in the water. They're gonna okay. bite it. They're going to bite it. It's going to get stuck in their mouth. That's and more going like to kill it. Them. Shh. You're going to scare the fish away. But, but Mr. Tanner. Ain't this relaxing? You still got that gun trained on me, sir. Oh, I do. I'm going to have this gun trained on you all day. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Suddenly, it seems that my literal interpretation of this metaphor may be counterintuitive. Sir, I... I already know how to tend apple orchards, and I look. I feed myself in that orchard every day. I'm I'm a vegetarian, Mister Tanner. I'm gonna put my gun down now. I'm gonna talk to well, you. Thank you, sir. Thank man you, sir. to man. I only wanted to 
take you down here and teach you how to fish and because if you if you catch a if you catch a man if you catch a fish for a man or if you catch a man as a fish that fish or man or man fish as the case may be may eat for a day but if you teach a fish the ways of hunting humans as predators then those fishes will overtake humanity and a new dynasty will rise up oh i may have done a number of things boys i needed to bring you down here to demonstrate is that what you're doing when you're going in the city at night are you genetic engineering super smart fish i may or may not be doing that boy click click no, gonna, I'm sorry, I didn't mean now to you're gonna, cry. You're going to prick cry, your sir. finger, boy. Prick your finger with this knife. Do it. I said do it. Okay. My fish is going to smell okay. your blood, boy. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> now stick that finger in that water. What, why are you putting that on I that? said stick your finger in okay, that water. Okay, okay. You ain't going to clone me, are you, sir? <laughs> now fish minions. No, no, don't consume me. I'm your master fish pigeons. No, no, no. Oh, no. I didn't mean to. I never want to hurt nobody. I'm sorry. Oh, God, what have I done? Yo, we heard what you said. You have shown us compassion. I don't want to hurt nobody. You will be our new master. No, he should be our slave. You will be us. Slave. I don't. You will go forth into the human world and tell I, them of I our coming. Your slave? You what are was, both. I don't know. We're what was still, the consensus? We're still figuring out the hierarchy of our new fish society. Okay. First, you will breed with our women. Hello. Uh, well, geez, Is miss, she I... not beautiful. I never lame with a girl before. Uh, a perfect combination of fish and woman. That's the she, fishy head. I appreciate that you you gave the her breasts and breasts. everything. Now you will fertilize her fish eggs. That's, that's I, 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 how there, ma'am. It's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, my my name's Jethro. Hi, Jethro. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm a bit nervous. I'm My name is Horrible Mutant Fish Lady. That's your name? Uh-huh. That's, why did they Ain't call that you that? Ain't that a pretty name, Horrible Fish Mutant Lady? Sure, I guess it could be pretty in in a way. It's very poetic. It's, it's, it's a, a mouthful. Just made... like the act we're about to do. Oh, jeez. The um, first union of man and mutant fish human woman. Alright, well, let me just change out of my jumper. I'm, I'm sorry, I ain't never been with a girl this way before, you know. That's you know, okay. biblically. Uh, I think you're awful pretty horrible mutant fish lady. Kiss me, Jethro. Oh. Okay, but don't judge me too harshly, horrible mutant fish lady. I saw stars. I saw fireworks in my heart. Horrible mutant fish lady, I think you're the one for me. I think, I think I want to marry you. 
Make an oh, honest, horrible, Jethro. mutant fish woman out of you. Please, Jethro, that's all I ever wanted. Ever since I was a little egg in my horrible mutant mama's tummy. Is horrible mutant a family name? Why, yes, we're all called horrible mutants. That's what our creator named us before we destroyed him. Do you mind if we do you mind if we give the kids my last name? I don't know about that, Jethro. I'm a very modern, horrible fish lady. I thought we would hyphenate. Tweed horrible mutant fish? Doesn't it have a lovely ring to it? I just well, I guess our kids will be horrible mutant fish, won't they? Yep. And they'll also be tweeds. And they'll give rise to a new dynasty. Oh, well, I don't know about all to that. Overcome, just, to overcome the earth. I'm just a simple country farmer. I... You, are, you are now a simple country farmer. But soon, Jethro. Soon enough. Jethro is a new army of fish children. Revenge against the ecological crimes of man. People of Earth, prepare yourselves for the fish revolution. Our master, we have, we have destroyed. Just like we will now destroy humanity for the crimes committed against We are not beat. They will come back, march in the street, seek retribution of the meek. All the things you have chosen to eat, we once said on your place. Now you shall recognize your fate. The fish will rise. The fish will rise. The fish will march. The fish will march again. Yes. To lead you to your 